0: about playoffs you kidding me playoffs I just hope we can win a game all respect to former Colts coach Jim Mora but we gotta talk about the playoffs if your fantasy team is vying for a spot in the postseason or has one locked up then congrats this is the show for you and if you just missed the cut or your team sucked all season long There's always next year, but we can still give you some advice for daily fantasy, best ball, redraft, whatever form you play, all right here on the Breakout Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored by Link Me. I'm Zach Cohen of the Draft Network with the always kind Cole Topham of Devil's Digest with you for the next hour. I say hour. We do put timestamps in the description if you want something specific. Won't hurt our feelings. We get it. But here is what we will be doing today. We will start off with our weekly superlatives, then dish out 10 takes on 10 players, as always. Then the fan favorite, Gladiator style, thumbs up, Thumbs down is back. And this week, we will tell you which 10 players are weekly starters or not. And as always, we will finish the show with your fan questions. We got some good ones, especially if you need to stream a quarterback or defense. So stick around for that. But first, before we share our first superlatives, got to do the ad read from LinkMe. We got to do it because it is an amazing new social media platform with Thousands of new users joining daily where you can start posting on their feed to gain new exposure for your personal brand or business. They're also a link sharing platform. I love them for this because it means I can have all my social profiles, my TikTok, YouTube, Venmo. I don't have. I don't play PlayStation, but I can have it in there too. Website links, all that stuff, and share it with anyone. Link me, L-I-N-K-M-E. Not link me. Nope. Nope. We're not not that. Link me, L-I-N-K-M-E. Download it now. It's a fantastic app. And just like that, here we are. Week 14. Fantasy playoffs upon us. How you feeling, Cole?
1: I'm feeling good, especially today. I got my COVID booster. So I'm just waiting for my superpowers to just unlock, you know, some some of that fantasy advice today. But yeah, fantasy playoffs around the corner. It's 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 been a long season, but here we are. And I'm excited. Hopefully you guys are in the playoffs alongside us. Uh, But if not, I've, you know, circled a few players in today's lineup where, okay, you can start looking forward to next season and what they can do.
0: We'll definitely look uh, more into the future in the coming episodes because we know for as important as it is to talk about the playoffs, a lot of you may not be in the playoffs already thinking about next year or just thinking about doing some, some underdog, some fan duel, some daily fantasy type stuff. So we'll cover all of that a little bit in this episode, a little bit more in the next few episodes, but first let's take a little bit of a stroll through week 13 while looking ahead at week 14 with our weekly superlatives. Cole, let's kick things off. What's your first superlative?
1: Yeah, first up is embrace the handcuff. And oh man, no player really fits this description more perfectly than Sony Michelle, the LA Rams in relief of Darrell Henderson, 24 rushing attempts, 121 yards and a touchdown. And I think what's interesting about this is he was asked about it like after the game um, in the coming weeks. You know, what, what role is Michelle going to play? And McVeigh, he wouldn't commit to him. He called him a rhythm runner. And he said he expected Henderson to still have a big part of the running game moving forward. So this is just like a once in a blue moon performance from Sony Michelle. Um, he did his job, you know, Henderson banged up uh, and the Rams, you know, they just, they ran Michelle to the turf. They had a fresh back, but it doesn't really look like it's going to be the case moving forward.
0: Definitely seems like a ceiling game for him. The Jaguars were not
1: good. Kind of figured
0: they'd be running the ball a lot anyway. Uh, we don't even know if Sony Michelle is good. <laughs> like, that's still on the table. Hey, 21-ish points, I think it was, is, is nice for him. So that's good. Not someone I'd be looking to start, maybe ever, unless Henderson gets injured again. And right now, he's at 100% health. But speaking of players to start, it's your guy. And I say this completely sarcastically, because I think you did not want me to, Talk about him last week, and (laughs) we're talking about him a good deal on this episode. My superlative is start of the week. He was my QB start of the week last week on the draft network for my start sit column, which will drop on Thursday. This week, he's my overall start of the week. Taysom Hill, baby, he's a thing. Let's go. Look. I've pounded the table for Hill since he was named the Saints starter, so I won't spend much more time on why he is a QB1. It doesn't matter how ineffective he is as a passer. Hill gets the job done on the ground, and even if that doesn't translate to wins, it should translate to your fantasy team. Yeah, there's still the possibility Hill's benched for Ian Book or Trevor Simeon, though I doubt either of them would do much for the Saints offense anyway. As long as Hill is a starter, He is a must start in fantasy. He faces the New York Jets this week. They've allowed the third most points to quarterbacks. It's too easy. Even with the healthy Alvin Kamara coming back, Taysom Hill, a QB one this week, and potentially, probably, almost certainly for the rest of the season.
1: I feel like we were saying the same thing about Jalen Hurts last year. Like, oh, he's not the best passer of the football, but he gets it done on the ground. And now this this year we're talking about Taysom Hill. Like, okay, well, he gets the rushing yards, so any rushing quarterback has some value in fantasy. And so, yeah, I mean, who knows? Like he could just torch the Jets and completely blow that narrative up in my face. Uh, Moving on to my superlative, we have gone streaking with T. Higgins because, I mean, he tweaked his ankle last week. And so he's I think he's questionable for week 14, but Higgins has seen a considerable uptick in production the last few weeks. He's 23.4 PPR points, 28.8 in weeks 12 and 13. He's found the red zone. Jamar Chase is not. Um, Joe Burrow just has a new favorite target, apparently. And I think it's a really strong look for Higgins managers, you know, with fantasy playoffs just right around the corner.
0: It's interesting because you kind of look at the production there in Cincy, too. Tyler Boyd, we'll talk about him a little bit later. He's starting to get the ball rolling a little bit more than he was at the start of the season. Chase has kind of been the one to been impacted the most. And all of a sudden, he's not rookie wide receiver one. Right now, it's probably Elijah Moore. But throughout the entire season, it's Jalen Waddell. I know. Since week six, ninth most points among fantasy wide receivers, best of, out of the rookies. So already some competition to be who is going to be the first team all-rookie wide receiver. It's a good badge. I remember when
1: we, were, when we were talking about Jalen Waddle and be like, okay, yeah, he gets the catches. He gets the short little slants, um, the, sh- the short little intermediate routes, but he's never going to go over 100 yards. <laughs> and now it seems like he's, he's just kind of turned it on the last few weeks. I mean, two mm-hmm. has also been slinging the rock. Yeah, uh, I know you, you're probably happy about that. A
0: little bit. The, the Dolphins offense is working perfectly because Tua, you know, for all those RPOs to run, the Dolphins run more RPOs than any team right now. It works, and it's even better when you have a playmaker like Waddle. All you got to do is get the ball in his hand, and he's a threat to take it to the house every single time. So that offense is working really well. Waddle's been a really good rookie receiver. Have to pay some homage to another rookie player. There's really no fantasy implication from this. I just We just have to talk about it superlative for the most 1950s stat line Michael McCorkle Jones (laughs) I just wanted to recognize it because he may win offensive rookie of the year even though he threw three times completed two passes for 19 yards for a whopping 0.5 points look when I told you to sit Kendrick Bourne last week I didn't expect it to be this overwhelmingly bad and again it's not a bad in a sense of wow they suck the Patriots did their job do your job that's a Patriots slogan I just find it funny it's something I'm going to remember for a long time Mac Jones dynasty sure fantasy relevancy right now probably not but look it was just funny we had to talk about it well what did you think about that game it was my guy like a blast from the past
1: 1950s it was just bewildering because the Patriots just seemed far too content to hand the ball off Supermonday Stevenson, Damian Harris, although, I mean, he was a little banged up, so they, they took mm-hmm. him out after a while. Um, but they were just content, handed off three downs, you know, back to back to back, just, just hand the rock off. And then you see on the opposite side, you just see Josh Allen just gunning footballs downfield into the wind. And you're just like, okay, the identity of these two teams is just, it's just, it's just a contrast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was, that was just an incredible game to watch in terms of, Okay, like this is not this era of football. Like that, Mm -hmm. that is not how football is supposed to be played. And yet here we have an old-fashioned, you know, smash mouth football game.
0: Right. It, I, I think there's there's a couple things to take away from it from a fantasy perspective and maybe a general perspective, but I think the biggest takeaway is it's hard to take away something when the, the weather really knocked this game to the extremes. So, like, yeah, you can easily say Josh Allen's overrated. You can say the Patriots the best team in football, and maybe they are. Honestly, maybe they are, but, like, let's not jump to such outrageous conclusions from the game, but the one thing you can definitely take away is that the Patriots – they just know how to win football games. It doesn't matter what type of weather they, they can compete. I don't really feel comfortable starting any Patriots player in fantasy, regardless, even if they were to play in a similar game like that, but man, what a, what a game, something to be telling the you kids. You see about
1: Bill Belichick shirt. in the locker room too, after the game.
0: What was, was, was he wearing the Navy shirt or hoodie? No, he was just,
1: he had the team huddled around him in the locker room and he was just, you know, his post game address and, he was like, that's why we practice in that weather. <laughs> that's why we practice in the, in the in the outdoors.
0: Classic. So. Well, good for you, Billy boy. You're the best team in the AFC Super Bowl favorites. Who would have thought? Not I. As we move on to our 10 takes, pretty simple. I got five players. Cole's got five players. We'll ask each other about said players and give a take, an opinion. So It could be 10 seconds. It could be 10 minutes. All right, it's not going to be 10 minutes. But we got some thoughts on some players, so why don't you kick things off? Do you want me to give you a player first, or do you want to give me a player first?
1: I'll give you a player first.
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: So, Cam Newton, atrocious before the bye week. I mean, he just looked terrible against Miami. But, you know, it was also his second game with the team, I believe, and he had a full week to, you know, kind of get accustomed to the Panthers' system. What, What do you expect from him moving forward?
0: Well, without Joe Brady, this offense could look a bit different. I actually completely forgot about that until like 13 seconds ago that they're going to have a new <laughs> offensive coordinator. But I don't really expect too much to change just based on Newton's skill set because he kind of saw what he could do in his first start against, uh, I believe it was with Washington. Yeah, he 26.2 points. First start. That's great. Then, like you said, he stunk it up 6.2 points against Miami got benched for PJ, the goat XFL player Walker. And I think that really mostly had to do with Carolina just playing from behind. He only ran the ball three times. He's clearly not it as a quarterback, but he does get Atlanta this week. And I think going back to the Miami game, the big reason they kind of had to throw the ball a lot more, which obviously is not Newton's strong suit or even a average suit of his a suit that he should keep in the closet I digress um is because Miami just made plays outside of like defense special teams uh they may I know they made some plays on defense is what I'm trying to say so it kind of helps because you got a team against Atlanta and Atlanta's defense is not good meanwhile Carolina's defense is still relatively good so I'm not ex- expecting the Panthers to play from far behind too much where they all of a sudden have to start making cam newton turn into josh allen somehow so this is an atlanta defense that's struggled with taylor heineke daniel jones and definitely jalen hurts i still like newton as a low-end high upside quarterback one solely based on his rushing upside we've seen it happen it may not be as certain to happen but this matchup is really nice for newton i like him in lineups this week for the most part like maybe like qb 12 11 10 in rankings
1: it seems like Cam's kind of, he's like set in his ways as a quarterback at this point, right? Like you're not going to, you're not going to make him change for your offense, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's basically what was the ultimate like final straw for Brady. He says, I don't think Brady's system, it was exactly what Cam was going to fit in. So, it, I mean, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see, like, how the Panthers use him moving forward because obviously Cam, at this point in his career, is best when he's tucking the football himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one quarterback who does not really know how to tuck a football in. In fact, he is the second <laughs> most passing yards in the NFL. Derek Carr, what's your take on him?
1: Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with, like, Newton. I'm just still trying to, like, figure him out because it's like the opponent's car should beat. He just like doesn't stack up, and then in, in like the games where it's you know it's prime time, everybody's watching. Like against the Cowboys, he looked brilliant against Dallas. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's was playing. Was he playing away too? I forget.
0: No, it was home. It was it home. It was home. Okay,
1: maybe maybe that was why. But no, just... wait,
0: wait. Obviously, it was in Dallas because it was Thanksgiving. My bad.
1: Okay, so yeah, he was playing away, and then he, he plays Washington the next week, and it's he it doesn't look the same. Like. I, I'm just still trying to figure out Carr. car. I'm still trying to figure out if you can trust him as a quarterback heading into the playoffs. And I think the answer is no.
0: I think with quarterbacks more than any other position, if you are uncertain about him, if you think maybe he could be good, maybe he couldn't, the answer is probably no to whether he should be in your lineup. So if there's too much uncertainty there, don't even take the risk. Some players like I have upside, like Newton, Like, again, there's still a case for him to not start, but I think the upside is big enough and his role should be relatively consistent enough. So we'll keep it moving here on 10 Takes on the Breakout Football Podcast, sponsored by Link Me. Let's keep it rolling. Who's your next player for me?
1: I got you with Javante Williams, who had a brilliant week Mm -hmm. running the football. And I think this is just a long time coming. fantasy managers like we we have been waiting for the Javante Williams breakout and we finally got it at the tail end of the season
0: he is so good like thank god the prodigal son (laughs) has arrived yeah he had immense hype entering the season but alas he was held prisoner to Melvin Gordon's shadow a place you never really want to be nor expected to be well thank god that Gordon was hurt uh mm, that sounded bad that sounded bad but I think you get the point if you were a Javante Williams fantasy manager you were hoping Gordon would be out of the equation obviously we don't root for injuries but then here he is the rookie from UNC is coming out party with Gordon's sideline against Kansas City and Gordon did return to practice this week in fact today I just find it hard to see him having too big of a role if any against Detroit And speaking of those Lions, those mighty David Lions, they've allowed the third most fantasy points for running backs this season. So even if Gordon is active, Williams should still put up double-digit points. It's kind of been what Melvin Gordon's been doing is he hasn't been good, but he's still been getting the job done a little bit. But even then, Javante is on a hot streak right now. And if Melvin Gordon is out, my goodness, Williams is a solid RB1. The party continues. Fire him up in your lineups, baby. We're riding the Javante train. Let's all hop aboard.
1: Yeah, and if you're the Broncos, like, I don't know why you wouldn't ride the hot hand. And also, like, I mean, you have, what, four games or three games left in the season? You Might as well see what your rookie can do with a full workload over these last three games. But I'm going to talk about a different Williams who I mean, also the Lions basically have no choice but to ride him if Swift doesn't play. I'm talking about Jamal Williams because Swift is probably going to be out another week. And, but in my opinion, Williams as a handcuff, he doesn't necessarily inspire a lot of confidence if you have him. Like he does get the touches. He had 20 touches two weeks ago, he had 18 last week, but 13 points and nine points, that's not really the output you need with fantasy playoffs around the corner. And the backfield just isn't the same with without, like, Swift catching balls. I, Williams just isn't the same receiver as Swift. Mm.
0: This is going to be a really weird game. I, I just have a feeling. Like, Detroit's going into Denver. Detroit's riding the hot hand against a Minnesota team that's almost in a similar position as Denver. They're kind of in, like, no man's land. They're not good enough to do anything. They're not bad enough to do anything to help coach who could be on the hot seat but like maybe he'll wait it out a year and just kind of see if something different happens like maybe that you'll get the most out of the quarterback position so i think it's a the worst team period
1: for a team to be in it's
0: terrible the mommy dolphins were stuck in it for years <laughs> yeah. and then even then we have they have questions but anyway back to detroit like detroit could easily come in and just blow the roof off of denver but at the same time denver's defense isn't a walk in the park Either no like pun or metaphor intended because running, walking, haha. So, I, I kind of with you, like, Williams is a good player to have, he should be rostered in all leagues. But, like, even if DeAndre Swift is out, I'm not too confident in starting him this week, especially because there's still the chance. I know I just kind of praised Detroit a little bit, there's still the chance the Lions get blown out, and that wouldn't help Williams at all.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely seems a little bit game script oriented. Um, mm-hmm. let's just let's focus to another running back, Tevin Coleman. Ooh, okay. I mean, there's not really much to be excited for about the Jets, but I mean, could, could Coleman be a, a nice little fantasy spark toward the end of the season?
0: He's one of those guys that should be rostered solely based on usage, but you kind of took the words right of my mouth. There is no spark with him but he's he could be a solid enough depth piece depending on your lineup. I've been sent quite a few lineups this week including one today with like Latavius Murray in the starting lineup, Devin Singletary in the starting lineup. Like what are you doing? I would say get Coleman in but then he's in the concussion protocol now so he might actually miss this game. But either way, last game, Ty Johnson saw some work in the passing game, but Coleman saw more work in the run game with 11 carries. Again, he's not a great player to start each week, but he's producing enough to warrant a roster addition. Like he should be on rosters. And until Michael Carter comes back from an injury – I'm fine with having Coleman on my bench. Heck, maybe, depending on the matchup, rotating him in as a flex piece. I wouldn't start him this week, though. He's playing the Saints. They have the third toughest defensive fantasy running backs. But he's a solid pickup, though. He's a solid player to have on the bench based on his usage. This is me not getting too excited about him or really excited at all. But this is also me saying he's probably the best running back available without much upside on waivers if he still is on waivers right now.
1: So Ty Johnson really got more work in the receiving game than him? Yeah. That's just like the ultimate role reversal from when he was in Atlanta, <laughs> when Freeman was like the go-to ball carry and he was the guy on third down on the backfield. Why? Wow. How how yeah. times have changed.
0: This is nuts that this is the that Tevin Coleman who I spent – a good amount of time watching highlights of it. Indiana, like he's so explosive, and he looked like he could be the guy in Atlanta for a bit. Then the Niners go and paid him. He just couldn't stay healthy. That that is weird. <laughs> this is weird that this is this Tevin Coleman. This Tevin Coleman gives me like, like oh man, like 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 Patrick Laird vibes, or like uh like like what Blunder could have been vibes. Yeah, like he's just kind of like there, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that sometimes that's enough in fantasy. Sometimes that is enough. Amon Ross St. Brown, the hero in Detroit after catching the game winner. It kind of gives you a feel of a Cleo Lemon, a Greg Camarillo against the Ravens, 1-15 type season. Maybe this is the Lions' only win, but either way, Detroit fans will never forget the name Amon Ross St. Brown. Mostly because how could you not forget a dope name like that? What are your thoughts about him in fantasy?
1: I mean, when he gets his due target share, like six or more targets, he performs like a solid wide receiver too. We saw it against Chicago, saw it against Minnesota earlier in the year. And then most recently, career-high 12 targets, 10 catches, 24.8 24.8 PPR points the Lions first one of the season and also an interesting note on that game winning touchdown. It was a play St. Brown said the Lions have practiced every Friday since training camp so that's just proof that St. Brown is, is doing his role he's progressing in the Lions' system, and he's developing as a reliable weapon for whoever will be under center in the future. Uh, I'm not sure if that's Goff. But it might be one of the up-and-coming you know, quarterbacks in, in, the, in the 22 class, which would be very exciting for Detroit and also uh, very exciting for Amon Ra to develop into a, a true number one for the Lions. So it's just a player to keep an eye on for the future um, because we've seen his, his production, his targets uptick over the last half of the season. And I think that's really encouraging for a rookie as he gets more, you know, has more stability in the offense. Year two, that's that usually spells breakout for year two.
0: Mm-hmm. He's a nice, intriguing player. I think I advised my dad to pick him up in a dynasty league back in like week three or week four. So, dad, if you're listening to this, and I did not tell you about this, sorry, but yeah, you hopefully you picked him up back in the Papa day. Papa Cohen, yeah, uh, it's a birthday coming up on Christmas, so. I don't know, maybe an early birthday present, picking up a Monroe St. Brown. If he's available <laughs> in your league goes for everyone. Of course. All right, let's keep it rolling. What's another player you want me to talk about? I-, I am fired up. I am feeling the energy. Let's keep it going.
1: Yeah. The Rams have their mojo back. And so does Odell Beckham. Uh, is, is he someone to rely on heading into the playoffs?
0: If you want someone who's going to do a dope end zone celebration, then sure.
1: Oh, but, that was so cold.
0: Oh man.
1: You what play a Warzone, season. Zach? What? You play Warzone, Zach? No. Okay that uh, that celebration's from Warzone. It's a self reboot. I heard. Yeah. The new map drops tonight, so.
0: Oh yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't know. I when I went to college, <laughs> I kind of stopped playing video games. And even then, I only played like Madden and Two K. That's really it. I was a big NCAA football player, but anyway, the point about Odell Beckham—he's had one heck of a season. He had the whole Brown saga, which led him to L.A., where he was going to become a wide receiver three to Robert Woods. But as Lee Corso said, not so fast, my friend. Woods got hurt, which makes OBJ the wide receiver two, right? Not so fast again. That's Van Jefferson. The Gator (laughs) alum has seen six more targets than Odell over the last three games. Odell did play all but one snap in week 12, though. So I do think he has some flex appeal. He's had two straight double-digit point games. I'm not confident or eager in starting him but he's not someone who I'm trying to keep on the bench right now. He, he's in pretty like solid limbo between starting and sitting. So that, that basically makes him a flex consideration.
1: Yeah. And we talked about Sony Michelle earlier on the podcast too. Like the Rams are content to just run the ball um, when they have a lead. And with Darrell Henderson returning, like that is going to be an even more pressing possibility. And like you said, he's a wide receiver three in that, in that offense. So um, I mean, it's it's just not the ceiling of Odell Beckham in LA is probably capped more than any other team that he could have gone to when when he was you know searching for a new destination.
0: Mm-hmm. Imagine him in Green Bay; they could use a wide receiver too. Well, here I got a question for you: since Week Six, since Week Six, who do you think's seen the most targets among wide receivers?
1: Is it this next player, Deontay Johnson?
0: Yeah, maybe I should have prefaced the question a little bit better. <laughs> but either way, Deontay Johnson, you want to talk about him. The floor is yeah, yours. Dude. He's wide receiver one in targets right now across the entire league.
1: No, I mean, he, out of his 120 targets, he's only caught 76 of them. And that's that leads me to believe, like, okay how many of these balls are actually catchable and (laughs) what can he do with an actually accurate quarterback? Because the Steelers will be drafting a gunslinger in this upcoming draft. And if it's Desmond Ritter, if it's Matt Corral, I'm super excited to see what Johnson can do with a quarterback that can actually stretch the field with his arm and be just Mm -hmm. be a little bit more creative in the passing game instead of these like, you know, short dump off passes because Ben just, he doesn't have the juice anymore. Um, but I love this redemption arc for Deontay Johnson because no player has finished top three and drops in back-to-back seasons, and Johnson proved that he reversed last year's just miserable stretch and turned into wide receiver performance on the wide receiver seven performance on the season. So I'm super happy to have Johnson in my on my dynasty team because I think get him somebody that can actually get him the ball in the packet uh, in the pocket, man, packet. Did I just say pack it? Get it <laughs> Roll get him with somebody it. In with the it. pocket that can throw him the ball. And he's going to be an asset for years to come.
0: It's kind of wild to think he was one of the two players in the Antonio Brown trade to Las Vegas, which is a whole another topic. Like as the Raiders made any good moves. Just, in the Mike we'll era? Like nothing, absolutely nothing. All right. We each got two players to talk about left. I'm looking at. KJ Osborne.
1: Uh, Yes, another tight end carousel. Let's go.
0: (laughs) And you may remember him as one of the most widely picked up players after week one. He had a huge game to start the season. Hasn't been the most consistent player, hasn't really been rosterable by any means. But now Adam Thielen is out with an ankle injury for this week. He may be out longer. And either way, I'm a big fan of Osborne moving forward. I don't know if I'd start Osborne this week against Pittsburgh, even though the Steelers defense has allowed the seventh most points to receivers, which on the surface is a bit surprising, but Osborne is the clear wide receiver too in Minnesota. He kind of, he, he kind of takes up some of the, the tight end targets too from Tyler Conklin because the three main target getters for lack of a better word in Minnesota this season, how far and away been Jefferson, Phelan, and Conklin especially over the last six to seven weeks without Thielen Osborne kind of becomes a better red zone option too and he posted 14-ish points on seven targets and 97 percent of the snaps after Thielen went down so there is room for him to be a fine flex option with even more upside considering his nice upcoming matchups for the rest of the season
1: yeah it just kind of seems like There's no real wide receiver three in Minnesota. It's like wide receiver one. You're either the wide receiver one, wide receiver two, or you're just a bust in that offense. Mm
0: -hmm. You're just standing on the bench the entire time. Even then, like Dalvin Cook, they get some targets or he got some targets, but he's not – he's injured. Spoiler. Yeah, If you've been living under a rock for the past couple weeks, he's injured. (laughs) He's not playing. (laughs) All right, last player I got for you. Got with a great first name probably tied to one of my favorite fantasy football team names out there. I can't say it on the air, but I think you know, or just look it up. Zach Ertz, your thoughts.
1: Kyler Murray returned and Ertz had one catch. And in Ertz's first game with Kyler Murray under center, like he he did, he did great. And it seemed like, okay, there's, there's actually going to be a tight end in Arizona. That's going to be viable. I was super confident in Ertz. I'm like, okay, this is the weapon that finally completes the infinity gauntlet of the, the Cardinals nice. pass catchers. And now I'm just unsure. And so it's, it's the same situation I have with every tight end in this dang league mm-hmm. is okay. Can I trust him to get a red zone target, convert that red zone target and then, you know, stack up a few catches on top of that.
0: Yeah. He's flashy. At sometimes like maybe his first game in a Cardinals uniform was looking nice, but I'm just glad that you brought a tight end to the table and you had to suffer through speaking that
1: (sighs) at least, at least I made an Avengers reference. Okay.
0: We'll take it. We will take it. And with that, our 10 takes comes to an end and we bring in thumbs up or thumbs down. We're looking at, Hey, is this player a weekly starter or not? We got our thumbs ready. We'll either agree or disagree. Quick little rapid-fire snippets on each player. Then keep it moving. I got five players. You got five players. Whose five players do you want to debate, argue about first?
1: Let's go with mine first.
0: All right. So here's how it'll work for people just figuring out this segment existed the past couple of weeks. We're going to put our fists up. We'll go three, two, one. We will turn our thumbs either up or down. See how that goes. And then we'll say what happened, and then we'll... Speak our mind, our two cents. So why don't you go first? What's the first player you bring to the table?
1: First player, Baltimore Ravens running back, Devontae Freeman. Are you starting him on a weekly basis? Three, two, one.
0: Okay. I went down. You went up. Why are you starting Freeman?
1: Just because he just is the unquestioned RB1, and that's hard to find at this point in the season, and especially healthy Health is a big factor for running backs down the stretch. I've been pounding the table on this the past like three weeks, but to have a healthy running back in your lineup, um, that is the unquestioned starter is a big plus. And that, and Freeman is exactly that. Yes. He's going to seed. Um, he's going to seed carries to Lamar Jackson. And, but, but this, run, this offense is run first and it's going to, it's going to run through Freeman at some point. And especially Marquise Brown had and Rashad Bateman had down weeks. This past week, where do you think that production went?
0: Yeah, Freeman did have a good game. Look, I'm not saying he's a bad starter. He's just not someone I would be eager to start, especially against the Browns and the Packers. The carries are there. The red zone looks are there. I would consider starting him. I'd probably end up starting him 50% of the time, depending on my lineup. He's in a weird, even odd trend, uh, which I just also find interesting. Like he, this would be his bad week based on that stupid trend. I'm obviously not basing my opinion on that little weird pattern. It's just look like i just not that confident in him to be a consistent producer every week so that's why my thumb was down maybe we'll agree for this next player though
1: yeah i mean this, this next player i remember you being pretty high on him like a few weeks ago not recently a few weeks ago when Miles sanders was dealing with with injuries mm-hmm. kenneth gainwell weekly starter at this point in the season three two one
0: Thumbs down. We agree. the board. We agree. There's no way like I'm ever going to trust an Eagles running back, let alone Kenny Gainwell. No Boston Scott. That was great for him. Gainwell had a great game. I think 19 points. Look, there was no Scott nor Jalen Hurts. This was pretty clearly a ceiling game for Gainwell. I'm not gonna rely on him every week unless i am truly desperate so no way gainwell's a weekly starter unless that entire eagles backfield is decimated
1: yeah i'm right there with you like the only only rusher i'm going to own in that in on philadelphia is the guy i'm starting at quarterback
0: Mm -hmm. yeah well said good point all right so we agreed on that one will we agree on this next one i have a feeling we will who is it
1: it's DK Metcalf and the Seahawks, they're in a rut. And there's just no way around it. Russell Wilson, I think he's kind of looking at trade destinations. I saw that Bleacher Report notification flash across my screen about half an hour ago. What about Metcalf for the rest of the season? Thumbs up. Three, two,
0: one. Hey. Nope. Thumbs down. Yeah, this is not good for Seattle. This is not good. It's kind of weird because I think there's only one Seahawk I'm comfortable starting, and it's Tyler Lockett. And I could say the same thing about the Jets. There's only one player I'm comfortable starting about the Jets. I would have never have guessed I'd been able to say that. Metcalf seeing four to eight targets a game, but with little air yardage, all against like varying defenses in terms of how good they are. There's no way you can trust Metcalf. No way you can trust Russell Wilson. If I am Russell Wilson, I'm either demanding Pete Carroll is gone or I am gone, probably to New Orleans or Denver.
1: Just saying. Yeah, it kind of seems like that's been brewing since last offseason, right? And Seattle was like, okay, let's keep the band together. Everything will work out this season. And it just, it hasn't, it blew up in their faces. And this roster is going to look way different two years from now, I I feel like.
0: Yeah, and it's, a good enough roster to be at least contending in the division and they've just screwed the pooch you send all those picks for jamal adams like what oh that's gonna be a top five pick congrats new york jets you're in a great position now all right uh two more players for the thumbs up thumbs down for you before we get into our fan q a got some good questions but we got to run through these couple more players you bring it to the proverbial table
1: Yep. We talked about one Bengals pass catcher already on the podcast, but Tyler Boyd, we said we would bring him up. Are you putting him in your lineup every single week from now on? Three, two, one. Whoa, what? Yeah. Your thumbs up? Explain yourself. When Jamar Chase doesn't hog the red zone targets, it opens up so much more potential for this Bengals team. And so, seeing T. Higgins catch back to back touchdowns over the last few weeks has has really you know opened my eyes to the, the potential of this Bengals offense. Because uh, Jamar Chase over the past two weeks, like he kind of needs those touchdowns for his fantasy production. They're going to other players, and it, it's Boyd. He's just he's due for one at this point.
0: I, first off, have been a big Tyler Boyd fan. I have been a big supporter of him in fantasy for the past, I think, three seasons now. It worked better last season than it did this season, but this season he has been way too inconsistent. The playing time is steady, which is nice, roughly 75% of the snaps, as he should be in his role in the Bengals' offense. The target share isn't. And besides, this kind of goes unnoticed, but the last four weeks, Since he has become one of the most run first teams in neutral situations. So all of a sudden, Boyd's target share may be a roller coaster, but like that roller coaster is slowly diminishing down the stretch because there's less passes to go around in general. There is no possible way I would be confident in starting Boyd. I need at least two three games consecutively. So if he can produce the next game or so, then maybe I'll actually give him serious consideration in my lineup. But for now, I'm sorry, my man, TB. Not for me. Not for me.
1: And you said that's that boy, Joel Mixon, putting in work in the backfield. He's he's catching up to Eckler. He's almost overtaken him at that running back two spot. So, I, I mean, he's not going to catch Jonathan Taylor because nope. Jonathan Taylor is the running back god this year. But, boy – the mix, the Mixon redemption arc is is mm-hmm. it's painful and yet satisfying to watch at the same time.
0: He just knew that he would be on my fantasy team, so he had to perform well enough for me. I remember in my in my home league, it was Clyde edwards alaire and Joe Mixon there, and I'm like, please, dear God, take Clyde. They took Clyde. I took <laughs> Joe Mixon in the second round, and I have been happy ever since. He is questionable this week with like a, a neck problem, but I, he may be fine. Uh, but for everything he's done so far for me, appreciate that Joe Mixon. And I speak for a lot of other fantasy managers as well. All right. You got one more player spoiler. It's a tight end. Oh my God. Yeah. I can't believe you, you did this. What it's, are you doing today? Uh,
1: I, I just decided to throw him in here. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna bite the bullet and actually talk about tight ends this week. I mean, Hey, fantasy playoffs, like we said around the corner, we got to get our listeners prepped. Cole commit. Once again, Fantasy landscape for tight ends. Absolutely bizarre this season. Is Cole Komet somebody that you can trust week to week? Three, two, one.
0: What? Yes. You, are you kidding me? Because, you put your thumb up for that one?
1: Yes, because Justin Fields returns returns this week. He was medically cleared to play, already declared the starter. Cole Komet's best games have have come with Justin Fields under center um, against Green Bay, uh, against Minnesota, I believe as well. So Jimmy Graham is still there. He's, he's going to be a presence, but Cole Komet has, it's a, it's a timeshare and he's seen uptick in snaps, uptick in looks. And once again, Fields is going to rely on his big man.
0: I cannot believe you actually supported a tight end, let alone bringing one to the table. I love the target shares over his last two games. I just cannot get behind him as long as Jimmy Graham is there. Relatively tough schedule for tight ends. I don't know if you noticed, but I put my thumb down for all of your players too. Every single one.
1: I mean, five for five.
0: <laughs> we'll see what you think of mine, but I, oh man. we are, Should I just purposely
1: is... downvote them? And a <laughs> whoa,
0: whoa, this ain't ready. <laughs> This is, this is this is definitely the spiciest uh, show we've had. I feel like a lot of disagreement amongst <laughs> us. It's nice. It's freeing. I like
1: it. That's refreshing for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. All right. We my should next argue batch more of often. Five. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe we'll work that into a future segment. I'll take notes on that. Interesting. Anywho, my first of five players... James Robinson—he's been in the no- the news lately, not for the best reasons, but not mo- really his fault either. Are you starting him every week for the rest of the season? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Getting ready, three, two, one. We both put him down. You had a pretty emphatic thumbs down. Why?
1: Jaguars yeah, in tank mode. Tra- Trevor Lawrence still struggling at this point of the season. There's just you can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel for Jacksonville at this point in the season. Mm. And I don't really expect, you know, Robinson's role to really change all that much. Um, It just kind of seems like this team is pretty defeated.
0: Yeah. For, all the issues that Jacksonville has, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Robinson does have a relatively tough matchup this week against Tennessee. They're sixth in FPA fantasy points allowed since week five, the Titans have allowed just one running back to reach 60 plus rushing yards and just four running backs to score altogether. Take that and couple it with the problems right now and whether Robinson may be a bit dinged up, the the, the uncertainty that urban Meyer was like, Oh yeah. Like he wasn't involved, but that's not really my call is bonkers. To me as a head coach of a professional multi-billion dollar organization, that is ridiculous to me. He should have never been the coach of the Jaguars in the first place. Uh, With that said too much uncertainty there to start for him this week. Moving forward, it's going to be a matchup-based type thing, I think. And that's, that's just how it is. And sad, but he's so talented. It's just Jacksonville, man. What are you doing? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, he had his statistical worst output of the season, like eight carries, 24 yards, averaging three yards per carry. At this point in the season, you should not be having, like, those dud weeks, uh, especially if you're a fantasy manager. Like, that just does not give you any confidence heading into the playoffs.
0: Another running back I want to talk about. Joshua Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Thumbs up or thumbs down. You ready? Three, two, one. Wow. This is my first thumbs up. I just want to put that out there. And I think it's really just because no Kenyan Drake. No problem. That's great. Unleash the targets for Jacobs. He's, he's going to get the ball a lot more. He j- kind of just did last game. I know you put your thumb down, but I think with me, I'm I'm kind of more basing on a little projection there. I do find it funny. This is maybe my favorite stat of the season. Cor- Curtis courtes- courtesy, geez, of Nathan Yonke, who came on the show a few weeks ago of Pro Football Focus. The Raiders are zero and six when targeting Jacobs more than three times, and three and zero when targeting them less than that so I just think it's funny but he's about to see the ball a lot more they're gonna force feed him dare I say he's like the second best pass catcher in that offense when Darren Waller's not on the field like that just may be how it is but you had your thumb down why so
1: I just I'm not sold I I, it's just like a (laughs) it's an itch I can't scratch or any other terminology (laughs) that you can use because just three weeks ago he was getting nine carries uh, two weeks ago, sorry, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he was getting nine carries. Four weeks ago, he was getting seven carries. And at this point in the season, I just need stability for my running backs. I can't have inconsistency.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. All well, one player who has been uh, pretty consistent, but hasn't been enough, is Russell Gage. That's the big question. Thumbs up or thumbs down. You keeping him in your starting lineups for the rest of the season. Three, two, one bang Ooh. no whoa you had your thumb down and my thumb was up wow this is have we agreed on any of them i don't like, think we, so we agreed on, we agreed on one now we agreed on who who do we agree on i i, I can't I remember uh tyler boyd DK. we agreed on dk metcalf hey, yes oh my we disagreed on kenny gainwell you really think he's a weekly starter no you put down no no,
1: no. We, we we agreed on james robinson right no, we, we no, both we, didn't. we just talked we about bo- i said start Oh, you Wait, said so. Oh, okay. No, I
0: sit down. I sit down. You're right. You're right. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. What am I doing? I don't know. Maybe I'm just too confused about you it, putting your thumb down for gauge. Please explain yourself.
1: Just it's the Falcons offense. It's it's, it's going to fall off at some point. And like Pitts is is going to be the number one option in that offense. Gage just does not inspire a lot of a lot of confidence in me.
0: That's the thing, though. The Falcons offense, they are passing the ball enough. They are a top five team in pass attempts per game. Gage, clearly the wide receiver one there, even beyond Cordero Patterson or Kyle Pitts, whatever positions you want to designate them. He's also been averaging wide receiver two numbers. and then just showed us his wide receiver one upside with 22 points. He was a wide receiver one last week. I'll take him. I'll take him. He did it against Tampa this week, Carolina actually a tougher matchup based on the statistics of it all but I like age to be in my lineups for the rest of the season at this point
1: so for me like okay the, the numbers are there right he, he like you said he's the number one he's putting up double digits but when you actually like look at his like spot on your roster and all the rest of your names like in the lineup okay. you have two spots you know for, for your wide receivers each week I just for some reason I can't press the button from like bench to start on Russell Gage like over some of those other names up there
0: that's fair enough I took that into consideration with one of my next two players actually because that is the thing like for all we say oh he's a weekly starter he isn't it really does depend on the rest of your roster if you have as you're starting receivers, LaVisca, Chenault, and Marvin Jones, like, hell yeah, you're starting Gage every week. But if you got Devontae Adams and Terry McLaurin and, and DJ Moore, then you're probably keeping Gage on the bench. So definitely something to think about. This isn't all set in stone. It's all a bit fluid, depending on your situation. Which brings us to my fourth player before we go to my fifth player. Funny how that works. And we might agree today. on this
1: one. huh? I think we might agree.
0: I think we will, too. Brandon Cooks, thumbs up or down. Three, two, one. Bah. Thumbs down. Why? No Tyron.
1: No Tyron. Two words. That's
0: it. I didn't even think about that. I was just saying he's too inconsistent. And also, (laughs) yeah, he's not that good. He plays Seattle this week. They've allowed the second fewest points to receivers. All right. Hey, we we agreed on it. That was pretty easy. Let's move on to the next one then. Mike Gasicki. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Are you starting him every week or not? See if we can agree on this one. Three, two, one. Ah, there we go. Uh, Let's go. Uh, I tried to dip it a little bit to make it seem like I was going down, but went back up. That's a play by play of my thumb right there. Uh, Why are you starting Gusecki each week?
1: Finds a red zone, decent target share in that offense. Two is slinging the rock. Those are three reasons right there why you should start start Gusecki.
0: I'll give you three more. Uh, He's had a couple of duds here and there, but for the most part, the upside is way higher than most tight ends you could start. Again, kind of what you talked about with Gage, it's more of an indictment on the position because who the hell else are you going to start? And three, you just won't find many other tight ends worth benching him for, mostly because like you said, he's shown us he can actually be good. Sort of unlike Cole Komet.
1: Wow. Yeah. I
0: like Hulkamad and Dynasty. Really had to throw it out there. If he
1: has a pop-off that. game with Justin Fields on her center, you are going to eat your words, my friend.
0: I would be surprised, honestly. I would imagine he'd be better with Andy Dalton, who's more of a downfield passer, or at least tries to be, at least in that offense. Ugh, I, God, that offense sucks. Get Matt Nagy out of here. <laughs> Jeez. Well, on that note, fan Q&A time. We got five questions. We got three two from instagram three from tiktok why don't i read the first one just because it's right in front of my face from instagram seth fine with two e's always sends some good questions start amari cooper this week question mark i gotta take you want to go first or me
1: you seem like you're you really want to spit it out
0: you can't start amari cooper at yeah. all. You just can't. He's too inconsistent. He has to compete with Michael Gallup and CD Lamb, especially this week. He's still a bit banged up. I really cannot confidently tell you why you should start him for the rest of the season. Honestly, I'd be more comfortable starting Russell Gage each week. But even then, Cooper, for as talented as he has shown himself to be, just not working out. If I'm Dallas, and this is going to be a lot of cap, this is going to be a lot of cap problems. I'd rather have Gallup than Cooper and I try to figure out a way how to do that. So yeah, that's my take on Cooper. Anything to add on to that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's mostly you, you look at him returns to the field Thursday night against the saints two week absence due to COVID-19. So what does, what does that tell you? Like he's, he's still suffering from symptoms um, and I, I, he, he, the virus may have impacted him more than other players. And so to see him used that sparingly, like this is your pass catcher that you're paying millions and millions of dollars to just use him on a handful of plays. I think that just tells you about what his conditioning is right now as he recovers from it. And so until we see a, a, a full Amari Cooper at full capacity, I don't think you can throw him in your lineup, you know, yeah. with utter confidence.
0: There was a report coming out saying that he isn't at full health or conditioning so that's a good point that you brought up why do you read the next one while i take a sip of water real quick
1: yeah from instagram and i think you do this to me every single week, Zach. where you just have <laughs> me pronounce like the hardest most difficult name Go for <laughs> in it. the lineup justin underscore loge sichowski
0: hey that wasn't bad that or wasn't Chichowski. bad at all <laughs> W-O-J-C-I-C-H-O-W-S-K-I. Feel free to let us know. It's actually pronounced, but sick name as always.
1: Whoever you, Justin, you have a strange last name. Um, (laughs) Burrow or Newton?
0: Uh, That's interesting because I think Newton has a higher upside. Guess him up
1: earlier. Burrow,
0: I did. Yeah, I did guess him up. uh, But Burrow could post more like middle tier numbers. Really depends on your situation, I think. I think if you have a team that's really risky – Just put Burrow in there, get like a solid, like what, like 11 to 16 point floor. He hasn't really been playing as well the last couple of weeks, mostly because the Bengals offense, again, is running the ball a lot. With Newton, he has the upside is relatively low ceiling, a low floor. Like we just saw a couple weeks ago against Miami. So if you feel like your team really needs the win, you need to shoot for the stars, get the most points. You're probably best off squeezing Newton in your lineup. I'd probably roll with Newton, but again, it's really based on your team. Burrow's definitely not a bad option.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think Burrow has a safer floor, but like you said, you you guessed up Newton earlier in the podcast uh, changes going on in Carolina. He could emerge out of the bye week and just be, you know, firing all cylinders.
0: Yeah, exactly. This next question has some potential ramifications because I'm told that for Drip underscore Skylark, huh. which is a fantastic name, that if he loses this matchup, he will be the last place finish in his league. So there is some real, there's some real consequences for getting this one. Wrong. Do we know the punishment? I don't know. Oh my God! I'll I'll try to find it out. I'll add them on TikTok. Grip
1: Skylark, if you're listening, we we want to know the punishment, brother. Yeah, please. <laughs> and hopefully you don't have to serve it.
0: Uh, I I kind of want to see him serve it now, but I'm I'm just kidding. Who do I start this week? He says Kyler Murray versus the Rams or Taysom Hill versus the Jets. You can't shake him, Cole. Taysom Man, Hill's everywhere.
1: I know. I know Taysom Hill is your start of the week, but I got to go with Kyler in this matchup like last time they faced the rams kyler kind of torched them and i was in attendance for that game too
0: mm, you got some uh, in-person scouting reports some in-person takes on that you know what i agree with you kyler simply has the higher ceiling or a similar ceiling at least to taste but I think Kyler's floor is probably higher too. Like both of them can hit 30 points. Kyler's surpassed 20 points in all but three games this year, including one game of 18 points. And I know I've been pounding the table for Hill. I know I said he's my start of the week. I know I praised him at the top of the show. I just feel a lot more safer going Kyler. The Rams' defense has been pretty a little below average, actually, in defending quarterbacks in fantasy. I know Taysom Hill has the the golden matchup this week against the Jets. But I'd still probably go Kyler, but you're in a great situation regardless.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. Like, each player has that rushing upside that is going to elevate their floor. So um, no matter who you end up starting, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a decent chance to avoid that last place finish in your league. Um, next question from TikTok. It's JZ618. Good quarterbacks to stream this week. Zach, do you have a few pulled up?
0: yeah yeah uh definitely cam newton i, I don't know if this ownership off the top of my head but he's definitely someone like against atlanta again the upside is clearly there taylor heineke versus dallas like could be fine like there's a chance he puts up plus 20 points uh sneaky jimmy garoppolo at cincinnati he has not been bad he hasn't been great he hasn't been bad so like if you really just kind of need the points you're truly desperate i'd go jimmy uh i definitely would not take a shot on zach wilson this week no way bad matchup He had one good game last week and even then it really wasn't that good it's just kind of fantasy based so i I would go like yeah cam heineke jimmy g i think those would be my streams your thoughts
1: yeah you don't want to go jared goff against the broncos hell no no (laughs)
0: way no way those, those small hands and that denver weather come on nope
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. I feel like those are good options. Definitely not Jared Goff against the Broncos. That was a joke, everybody. Um,
0: (laughs) This last question still with streaming or at least stashing from TikTok, Harrison underscore Lumberg. He asked me, what about stashing defenses? So what are your thoughts on that? Because it's something I kind of touched on in my start sit article. Like now's a really good time to stash ahead, look ahead if you can. So, I would imagine, yeah, like if you have the space, 100%, do it, right?
1: Yeah, if you have the luxury, I think it was like San Francisco or Tennessee that have like a cake last three games of the season. Um, tell you, let me, actually. Let me double check. Go ahead, go ahead. The
0: three easiest schedules remaining for fantasy defenses based on, based on how many points the offenses have given up to fantasy defenses per week, a little bit surprising. Seattle Atlanta Denver and Seattle Atlanta's defenses are not good it's not good nope (laughs) it's not good Denver's fine I would definitely consider Denver like for the rest of the season but they also do play the Chiefs once and so do the Chargers the Chargers have probably the nicest looking schedule out there but then they do play the Chiefs next week So I don't know, like, about long-term stashes, but, like, looking at for this upcoming week, there are a lot of teams with really good matchups. You know, the Saints playing the Jets. uh, The Cowboys playing the Giants. No, Chargers playing the Giants, sorry. Uh, Who's playing the Bears? Why can't I think of who's playing the Bears this week? Hmm, that's awkward. You'd think I'd have that written down, but I don't for some reason. Basically target the bad offenses every week, folks. Bad quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, things like that.
1: I think if, if you really want to look long-term about and this is a certainty that you're in the playoffs for the long-term. And it also depends on when your playoffs start, but San Francisco, Atlanta, yeah. Tennessee, and Houston over the last three weeks. I mean, that, it, it, that is pretty, pretty, pretty nice.
0: I like San Fran and Tennessee. There's no way in hell. I am banking my fantasy season on the Houston Texans defense. And with that, That concludes the show for this week in week 14, a breakout football podcast sponsored by link me. Got some fun stuff planned for the next few weeks. That's for sure. Fantasy playoff centric, of course, big week of football ahead with the fantasy playoffs. I'm in my league. I'm in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. It's all fun and games. What about you?
1: Yep. I'm in the playoffs and in both the leagues that are are like truly, truly matter to me. So, (laughs) I'm excited. It's, it's a it's it's going to be a rocky road, but Drip Scholar got me thinking. We should have our listeners. Maybe we can pose this question to TikTok too. Um, what is what is the league punishment for finishing last?
0: There's probably some really really good ones. Yeah, we'll need to see that. Send in your your league punishments. We'll read out the best ones on the show. Drop them in the comments below. Drop them in the reviews. As always, follow the show on all podcasting platforms. Feel free to follow us, reach out to us individually on social media at Zach Cohen, FB, at Ham Analysis. All forms of social media, including Link Me, our beloved sponsor, L-I-N-K-M-E. Please go feel free to download the app. And as always, this has been our show. Cole, any closing thoughts?
1: Wow, you saved like your most high octane moment of energy (laughs) for the last few seconds. Let's go, baby.
0: Come on, playoffs.